tuned into How to OT, making research more accessible and more consumable for the occupational therapy practitioner. Here's your host, Matt Brandenburg. Today, I am joined by Taylor Grootwasink. I said your name perfectly, right? Pretty close. Grootwasink. Grootwasink. Get the Minnesota accent in there. Yeah, sorry. From Minnesota, one of my classmates at WashU again. Taylor, thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Yes, of course. It's my pleasure. Taylor, do you want to share maybe a fun fact about yourself or some background information just so our listeners can get to know you? Yeah. Um, in the realm of OT, my goal is to go into the pediatric setting, which you'll find out more about with this project. Um, fun facts about me. A little bit. Of, I have a twin brother that shaped a good chunk of my life as well as Everyone in my immediate family is within the medical field somehow, so kind of explains why I'm in occupational therapy. <laughs> there you go. It runs it runs in your family then. Taylor, I'm I'm gonna be in Minnesota this summer and I wanna ask you, a true Minnesotan, what your favorite part of Minnesota is. Besides your family, because that's the obvious answer. <laughs> All the family and friends they have there. I would say, especially since you're gonna be in their summer, gotta take advantage of the lakes and some time boating. That's uh, definitely one of my favorite things to do in Minnesota. There you go. I hope I get the opportunity. I'll give you the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Taylor. I appreciate that. All right. So you were a part of the program service learning trip to Guatemala. We've had Karen Schneedle on the show to talk about that as well. But you also did some research on the experience there, uh, which were in the form of two projects. Is that right? Yes, that is correct. So the first was called Evaluation of a Curriculum on Efficacy in Preparing Students for an International Service Learning Trip. And the second project was Program Development for International Service Learning Trip Curriculum. So what kind of led you to take on these projects? So it started with my first year. I was selected as a member of the International Service Learning Trip to Guatemala. And during the preparation project process, my first year, I talked to my mentor and we discussed like different things I would be seeing while I'm there. And I noticed in the curriculum that we had, there was a lack in that pediatric content and I felt a little unprepared for that due to how the layout of our school's curriculum is. And the first years frequently don't have as much peds exposure as the students that are further along in the curriculum. And so that led to that initial idea. And then after attending the trip and I had learned so much, I decided to leave the trip with one of my peers, um, Courtney Weber. And with that, we decided to just evaluate the curriculum as a whole to see if it is effectively preparing the students going on the trip as it has been around for a long time. And then within that, we discovered like the true need for the pediatric content. Very cool. I like how your projects really built on one another and supported each other um, based on your own lived experience. I think that's neat. So tell me about that lived experience that you had providing OT services in Guatemala. What were some of the highlights for you? Some of the highlights in the trip to Guatemala is we would work with the local therapists there and we go to different clinics, orphanages and schools to provide our services um, with the two licensed therapists from the United States. 
I've loved to do all the stuff related with the kids. One of my most memorable experiences was I worked with a boy who has cerebral palsy. And it was more severe cerebral palsy, but we fit him for AFOs for one of the first times. Or it had been a long time since he'd had AFOs. And for the first time in a long time, he walked out of the clinic. And it was really cool to see that and just know that we are helping as well as making these individuals we're working with more independent and being able to live their day the way they want to. Uh, it, it sounds like it would be such a rewarding experience and also a great opportunity to work with trained therapists in a whole different culture and gain some clinical skills and, and new perspective as well, I bet. Mm -hmm. It's really nice because then you kind of share the information you learn at school as they share the information they've seen and what they've done at school. So, like, our schooling is different, so it's nice to see the two different aspects. Yeah, absolutely. And you studied specifically how the preparatory curriculum impacted students' levels of competence. You sent me over your poster before. You were looking at competence related to culture, speaking Spanish, team bonding, treatments, and clinical skills. Can you describe for us what that preparatory curriculum consists of? Our preparation process takes place over the span of nine months, and it consisted through weekly meetings, various team bonding activities. Um, the first semester, we read different articles, book chapters to discuss various topics related to culture. So that could include the cultural awareness, biases, privilege, and then cross-cultural communication. And then as we completed those readings... And discussions, we shared our experiences and had tried to have open conversations, which also helped us bond as a team. Um, and then each semester, students were required to research and complete a presentation on a topic. So in the fall, it was different aspects of the Guatemalan culture. So like food, traditions, their health care, clothing. Um, and then during the second semester, it was the common conditions in Guatemala. So like cerebral palsy, stroke, shoulder impingement, arthritis. And then with the condition presentation specifically, they completed a case study and they discussed possible treatment or interventions to help prepare students as they were getting ready for the trip. And then... The last chunk was Spanish, and as a group, we practiced just vocabulary. We did role plays. We looked at OT screenings in Spanish, and then we worked in both small groups or on their own. Um, one process of this that was difficult was that everyone's at a different level. We tried to meet everyone where they're at, which is why we tried to break into groups, but it wasn't always easy or possible. And then the last chunk of our process of preparation was just planning fundraisers and various team bonding events. Being your classmate, I was always aware of the fundraisers and events uh, like dodgeball or no, it was kickball, kickball, like kickball and the trivia night, which were always very fun. Um, but I really wasn't aware of all the hard work that goes into preparing for this trip. And you guys are taking it very seriously in preparing lots of skills so that you can be effective when you're there and actually have an impact. Um, and what effect did you see that this curriculum had on the students who would go to Guatemala? I think a big part of why our curriculum was effective was that huge focus on culture, cultural humility, and like focusing on what the host culture is like from the host country. So in our case, it was Guatemala and knowing their common conditions. So students kind of know it, went in knowing what to expect as well as 
just kind of had the ability to brainstorm possible interventions, what resources might be available. And through that, I think the amount of time we spent um, as a team preparing allowed for like a great team dynamic where we were able to get to know each other, practice skills, and then work on projects together. So we had an opportunity to just interact, problem solve, as well as just get to know them, which I think led to improved therapy because we knew the people we were working with and what their strengths or where their areas of improvement were. That's great. And it sounds like those specific parts of the curriculum made it effective in preparing you guys. Okay, so this study helped, uh, as you mentioned earlier, identify pediatric learning as a good and needed addition to the preparatory curriculum. Can you tell us how you kind of came to that realization? Yep. So it first started with just my first year experience as a student member of just kind of my own point of view of I wish I had more pediatric content. And then afterwards, we reviewed the trip reflections of the trip I led there's a question about what could be even better if with our program or improvements. And nearly every person, if not every person, had stated something related to wishing they had more pediatric content in the curriculum just to be more prepared with working with that population. How did you design the pediatric content and modules to include in the training? Um, so I kind of dove into that pediatric literature Um, various textbooks, AOTA resources, just get a grasp of the pediatric role of occupational therapy. And then based off what clients I had seen or past participants had seen, I chose the relevant content. And I also had taken into account that I would be adding to this curriculum and I didn't want to take away anything that was already in place, like the presentations I had mentioned earlier. What effect did participation in these modules have on the students? Based off what feedback I had done, so I did a pre and post objective survey where the students rated their perceived competence on different aspects of the content. They expressed improved competence related to each of the objectives related to the role of pediatric OT, developmental milestones, interventions to help achieve developmental milestones, various interventions related to sensory, cognition, and motor deficits, as well as occupational deficits. And overall, they expressed liking having all of that pediatric content in the same place because based off the curriculum we have at our school, um, pediatric is kind of spread throughout classes, and some of the second years expressed that it is difficult to kind of relocate it all and pile it all together. This sounds really interesting to me because you're able to observe how your curriculum helps students to become more competent at providing OT to people from a whole different culture in a whole other country. And if I'm like a program director, program designer, or even uh, like a rehab manager wanting to implement a program to help my therapist become more competent, I'm going to want to achieve those same goals. So how do you think someone can design a curriculum that can be effective in doing these things? Um, I think one way to start is have the experience of being immersed in the field or the process as a whole so you can see all aspects of it. So I was fortunate enough to have the ability to go to Guatemala twice before I finished creating these modules so I could make those modifications. And I would say the ability to 
have experienced those things and talked to past participants or people who have been on the trip or impacted through the Guatemala curriculum um, was huge in being able to create modules that had the information that they needed in order to prepare for the following trip. And another um, outcome you mentioned is that your curriculum helps students practice with beneficence and veracity, two terms from the AOTA Code of Ethics. Can you describe to us what those are and why they are so important to learn and apply? Mm -hmm. So beneficence is that commitment to helping others, preventing harm, and promoting good, where veracity has to do with truth, honesty, and respect. So with that has to do with OTs completing interventions and sharing information that is accurate and unbiased. And being able to practice with both veracity and beneficence is essential to ensure that care and treatment you're providing is client-centered and helping them achieve their goals while sharing information that is true and accurate. And it's essential to be knowledgeable and informed about the information and the therapy you're providing so that you're able to ensure that you aren't doing harm unknowingly. You're so ethical, Taylor. That's (laughs) awesome. Let's get a little bit more specific now on the topics that you included in uh, the pediatric content. Can you summarize some of the main points or or topics that you included? Yes. So there's two modules overall that were created. The first one was on just the role of an occupational therapist with the pediatric population, as well as those developmental milestones. Um, So I summarized the role of the pediatric occupational therapist. And then for developmental milestones, I went through each year talking about motor, cognitive, and just your basic developmental milestones, and then provided interventions or different activities you can complete with the child to help them achieve that milestone that they're trying to get to. Um, For the pediatric interventions, I broke it up into motor, cognitive, sensory, and occupational deficits. And I did that so it could add to the condition presentations rather than taking away and having someone focus on this intervention is for this condition. Um, So I focused on various motor things like fine motor, gross motor, um, balance, cognitive things had something to do with memory task or like scheduling, keeping a routine. The sensory had a lot to do with Winnie Dunn's um, sensory information and the whole being like a seeker and avoider and all four of her classifications. And then occupational deficits, I went through some of your basic ADLs, which like getting dressed, brushing your teeth, school, some aspects of just play or like socializing and interacting with others. Um, One thing to kind of note as I went through that is I skipped assessments due to the nature of our time at the clinics. So for our group, we had one day at each clinic And you saw the client for maybe an hour. So our focus was when the clients came in, we asked them why they came, what do they want to achieve? And then from there, we took that information and our observations and then started to address that need of that specific want or reason they came in. Very cool. Very cool. And if someone wants to see your curriculum and these modules uh, that you created, are they available? As of now, no, 
but <laughs> they could be in the future. So the initial curriculum was created by another individual in 2012, where the pediatric was just an additional thing. Yeah, as of now, they're not available and they kind of kept within our group, but people could definitely take the basic aspects of the curriculum to apply to their own. So that could be or paying attention to that cultural aspects, looking at the common conditions in the location they're going, preparing with the necessary skills for whatever trip they're kind of going on. So whether that is occupational therapy and you're doing screeners or physical therapy and you're doing those screeners, whatever other like medical profession or service they're providing and can kind of tailor it to what they need. All right, Taylor, can you share a clinical example or story of how the service learning trip curriculum prepared you to help a client in Guatemala achieve a positive health outcome? So the one that comes to mind is working with a older man who had had a stroke. And he was someone who overall, when you screened his range of motion, it was within functional limits. He shouldn't have had too many occupational impairments. But for some reason, it had been two years since his stroke, and he had never put a shirt on by himself. He had had his daughter frequently um, getting him dressed in the morning. And so with the both the curriculum of our training and our school's curriculum, we were able to show the various ways to put on a shirt. In Within the culture, especially for males, there's that whole focus of being independent and doing things and providing for your family. And since he was able to put on his shirt for the first time, it allowed like his daughter to kind of be less of a caregiver. Um, he was super excited to be able to put his shirt on for the first time with just some basic other dressing techniques that you learn within the program. But he had never seen alternative ways to maybe put a shirt on because a lot of people have one way they put a shirt on and then they put the shirt on that one way every single time. And we just had to show them how to adapt that task to be able to achieve more independence and be able to do the things you want to do. I love that. That really gets at the heart of occupational therapy, where sometimes those most small and seemingly insignificant tasks that are part of someone's routine become the most significant parts of the rehabilitation and in helping them achieve a sense of, of normalcy and a desired well-being again. I agree. All right, Tay, I'm going to ask you some more personal and kind of opinion questions about what you've accomplished in these two projects. What have you enjoyed most about these projects? Well, I definitely enjoyed being able to go on the trip. I'm sure that's not a shock. Um, but I also enjoy just being able to like comb through the curriculum and see that like what we are doing is effective in preparing the students for the trip and to help um, prepare students for their future and that it's going to be something that's sustainable and continue throughout future groups and knowing that we are bringing students from the states who are prepared to provide this therapy. That's really cool because you have the positive experience of going to Guatemala and being a part of the trip but now you've also added to the curriculum in preparing students. Um, so do you kind of feel like all the students going from now on like it's kind of like a piece of you going too? I feel like a little bit, especially with the pediatric content. Like I'll know they'll use some of my specific interventions I provided because the interventions I use, I tried to keep in mind 
some of the resources that are available as well as things like you may not even need a physical object to complete this intervention. And I mean, easier said than done, but those interventions I'm sure will be used down in Guatemala. Very cool. What was difficult about completing these projects? I would say the most difficult thing was related to the program development because creating modules on pediatric population is could easily be a whole year or a semester long course where I had two hours to provide this content and so I had to kind of pick and choose and I think that was one of the most difficult parts of what to prioritize while also evaluating what they see down in Guatemala and kind of combining it so it has the necessary things they need. How will the completion of these projects influence your future practice and your future career decisions? So as I think about this question, I realize it's hard for me to separate like the trip of going to Guatemala with the research since they were so intertwined. Um, my first year, I kind of went down thinking about what kind of pediatric content might be important to have as well as my second year. And then my second year, I also looked at was our curriculum affected? So I had that lens also while I was down there. But I would say like my experience on there has influenced my future practice just by being mindful of what resources I use during therapy, how it's possible to provide therapy without a whole closet full of resources. I could consider myself going down to another country and doing a service learning trip as well or like helping lead one being one of the licensed therapists um, it just kind of depends where life takes me but I'm definitely open to it that's great and I, I really like how now with you and Karen both being interviewed on on the show uh, we have a great perspective where Karen was looking at how the trip uh, impacted students and kind of their outcomes whereas you were looking at how to better prepare students to achieve like all those positive outcomes from an international service learning trip. Um, and I think that's really neat because all those great outcomes that I talked about with Karen, they could never happen without a good curriculum to prepare them. Mm -hmm. Maybe Karen and I will lead a trip together someday. <laughs> hey, maybe so. Y'all should partner up. I would love that. So what do you hope occupational therapy practitioners take away from your findings? I think one of the biggest takeaways and like common themes we saw throughout all this research is the importance of cultural humility and being aware of how different cultures impact the occupation someone completes as well as just how they complete those occupations. So whether it turns into asking more questions, um, try not to make your assumptions about how someone completes an occupation. So asking those in-depth questions to figure out exactly how they do something and just to like be aware of your own biases and how they can create assumptions based off the people you're working with. That's a great takeaway. All right, Taylor, it's almost golden nugget segment time. But before we get there, I want to ask you <laughs> if there's anyone you would like to acknowledge or thank in the completion of your projects. First, I would like to thank Courtney Weber for helping me with the efficacy project as well as leading the trip with me. I would like to thank um, Catherine Hoyt and Sarah Oberly for helping lead the trip as well as overseeing some of these projects. Dr. Lauren Milton, as she was also my mentor during this project, um, the 2019 and 2020 Guatemala teams for 
allowing us to use your data as well as kind of use you as guinea pigs to present this these modules and provide feedback to help make improvements and things on the curriculum. Golden nugget time. What is one thing you learned from this research or from your experience in Guatemala that you wish everyone knew? Well, in terms of occupational therapy, one thing I really took away from my time in Guatemala as well as creating the pediatric modules is you can do a lot of therapy with very few resources. You can do probably a whole session with almost nothing. And just to keep in mind that the sessions you do are important. It doesn't matter the objects you have at hand. You can still improve their functioning and well-being. I love that. Occupational therapy is valuable and effective no matter what setting you're in or what resources you have access to. Exactly. (laughs) Awesome, Taylor. Well, thank you again so much for your time and for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity to share my research. Of course. Thanks for listening to How to OT. Tune in next time for another episode where we bring accessible and consumable research straight to you. Hey, hey, I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. Okay, one more test, test, test. And a test, 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 test. I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. Yep, as ready as I'm going to be. You can hold your microphone a little closer to your face and a little more angled. Like I'm singing. Remember to speak into the mic. It's not natural yet. <laughs> <laughs> now, what are you talking about? That sounded so natural. <laughs> I'm going to start this one over because I just said biases earlier. <laughs> it was great. Now I don't know how to say it. Is it biases or biases? Or is it just bias? I don't know. Me neither. Should we Google it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not on the internet. I can do it. Okay. Um, I feel like it's various biases. I mean, it sounds good to me. I think it's I'm one cool of those like, tomato tomato things. Yeah. Like group was sing, group washing. I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. Remember speaking to the mic? Yes. Every single day. I'm on vacation every single day. I have no idea. We did it. <laughs> right on. That sounds good.